good morning. We'll try that one more time. Good morning. I told somebody out there that we're going to wake you up today, so we're waking you up by getting you to say good morning. It's good to have you here. Also good to have our online community with us as well. And we are looking forward to good things in the future, especially in two weeks. On August the 29th, we have our kickoff Sunday where we're going to be imagining God doing a new thing. It will be the time to start off a new church season. And uh, we hope that you'll be here for that, to not only worship, but then afterwards to go over to the Palm Center, where there'll be lots of good stuff there to learn about in terms of our life here at Church of the Palms and ministries that you can be a part of. There'll be food, and there will be food, and there will be food, and uh, there will be fellowship as well. So hopefully you'll want to be with us that day for a chance to get started with a new season. We're going to be focusing on Scripture over the course of this coming year and wondering about the great gift of the Bible and how we can engage it uh, through all sorts of means, daily Bible reading, as well as learning through our small groups about the nature of Scripture. So hopefully you'll uh, join us for that big day. We have lots of other opportunities for you to be engaged in ministry, including our food pantry still needs volunteers. Kathy Robinette is responding once again to a growing number of need in our food pantry. So if you'd like to help us out from 10 to 1 each day uh, or to pack groceries, we'd love for your, your help in that. Our tutoring ministry is set to begin in September. There's an orientation meeting about that as well later this month. If you'd like to learn more about that, uh, contact the church office or check the website. Our Cub Scouts are uh, thinking about starting a pack here at Church of the Palms. If you have a child or a grandchild in your life that would, uh, would enjoy a time of being in Cub Scouts, we'd love to get your, um, you here to an information meeting uh, on Monday evening. And Dan Watts, Dr. Dan Watts, will be out underneath the tree to get some inf- give you some information and maybe to take down your name as one who might be interested in that. And of course, there's tons of opportunities over in our Palm Center, and uh, keep all those things in mind as well. And tomorrow, not a day too soon, tomorrow, Mingy Brown will be back from her sabbatical leave. She'll be back, this is three and a half months she's been gone. So we're looking forward to having her back in the office tomorrow morning, and she will be with us next Sunday. Hallelujah. And then many of you uh, learned over the week that our dear, cherished, uh, colleague in ministry, Dr. Alan Rada, who has served our church for the last nine years as a visitation pastor, passed away uh, relatively unexpectedly this week. Um, last week I informed you that uh, he was in the hospital and hoping to get out in a couple of days and be back going strong again, but his health took a sharp, a sharp turn for the worse over the early part of the week. He went into hospice care on Tuesday and he passed away uh, Thursday evening. Alan, as I said, was our visitation pastor and served us so faithfully by walking alongside of so many people in our congregation, whether they were in the nursing home or in the hospital, or just simply needed a friend to reach out to them. So we mourn his loss. We are grateful that he has now received his great reward in heaven. We will have a memorial service for him on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., in the sanctuary, you are welcome to come to that. And then following, there will be a reception here in the campus center for you to um, be with Judy and with her family. So keep the Radas in your prayers and keep our whole church family in your prayers as we remember Alan with great fondness. So let's get up and greet one another in the name of Christ, being as sensitive as possible to those around you who have different space needs. All right, good morning, everybody. We need your help on this song, all right? We're going to put our hands together. Let's celebrate. Today is a happy day. 
God for such a beautiful morning where we get to gather together as the body of Christ and get to worship in this full house this morning. Just praise God. Uh, we are so excited that you are with us this morning and that we just want to remind you if you call Church of the Palms home, if you call Church of the Palms your family, if this is your community, if this is your support system, we just want to remind you there are several ways that you can be giving to support all the different ministries that we are able to do here at Church of the Palms. Uh, online is probably going to be our most popular. It's very simple. It's very user-friendly. Uh, but there are other ways up on the screen as well um, that you can be making sure that you are giving to support us. And we thank you in that for being able to come alongside of our, of our goal of loving God and loving neighbor. And if you're visiting with us this morning and, uh, and you're just checking us out for the first time, you're seeing if, if uh, this feels like home for you, um, then there's no need to, to worry about that. But we are just glad that you are here this morning. I want to invite my mic runners up. They're going to introduce themselves in just a second once they get up here. Um, but this is our time where we get to share as a community uh, our praises, things that we are thankful for, things that we want to celebrate, and also those things that we want to lift up in prayer, those things that are heavy on our heart this morning that are of concern for us, that are just weighing on us um, so that we can be praying as a community and as a body in Christ. Why don't you all step a little bit closer here, I promise. It'll be safe. Go ahead and introduce yourself. It's on. Fantastic. Hi, I'm Olivia Fayes. I'm in ninth grade and I go to Review High School. 
Fantastic. So these girls are going to help us out this morning. I want to open us up with a time of praise. Um, I want to specifically take a moment to acknowledge our praises, things that we want to give thanks for and celebrate today. Uh, If you want to raise your hand, uh, one of these lovely ladies will come over to you and that you can share that praise with us. Does anybody have anything that they want to give praise for? Yeah. I would like to give praise for our first youth Sunday morning meeting that just finished up in the uh, Palm Center. Uh, it was a great time and, and looking forward to the rest of them. Yeah, you stole my thunder, but praise God. <laughs> and if you have a middle or high school student, or if maybe you're watching us online and you have a middle or high school student and you're looking for different opportunities to get them plugged in, we are meeting at 9 a.m. Uh, in our Palm Center and we have some delicious food this morning. We had French toast sticks um, and then we also have um, some fun and some uh, enjoyable conversation as well. Any other praises that we want to give thanks for? Yes. Yes, praise God. Praise God for a community that serves one another. Absolutely. Praise God for that. Oh, we have one more. Yes, praise God for our food pantry team and all the volunteers that get to serve in different capacities here at the church. I would love to uh, open up our time of prayers as well. So if we want to transition to sharing those things that are heavy on our heart, I always like to respond after a prayer request is shared. Uh, we all respond collectively as Lord, hear our prayers. Does anybody have any prayer requests that they would like to lift up today? Things that are heavy on their heart. Yes, Megan? Um, I would just like to pray for all of our college students that have left um, this past week and that they just have uh, smooth transitions. And for those that are leaving this week as well, um, that they just know that they have a church family that's praying for them, that they feel God's presence, and they always know they have a home to come back to. Yes. Lord, hear our prayers. I think there was another one. For my uncle who's in a hospital from complications from COVID up in the Northeast. What's his name? George. 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 Prayers for George this morning and all those who are afflicted and battling COVID in this resurgence. Lord, hear our prayers. Are there others? Thank you. Uh, Chris, his name is Chris. He just recently got put in the hospital and was incubated because of COVID. He's in his late 20s, so it's not. We lift up Chris this morning as well. Lord, hear our prayers. Are there others? Yeah, those who are currently in Afghanistan and those who are trying um, to get out of Afghanistan and all those uh, in that affliction, Lord, hear our prayers. Yes, and for that earthquake that just occurred this past weekend as well uh, in Haiti and all those who are struggling and still missing and for the families who have lost loved ones, Lord, 
hear our prayers. Let us pray. God, it seems that in this world today there are so many things that hurt us and that bother us and that are not part of your greater desire for this world, God. God, this fighting, this sickness, this division. Lord, we lift all of this up to you, God. We know that you are a peacemaker, Lord, that you are a healer of relationships, God, that you are a healer of bodies and that you are a healer of souls, Lord God. We just lift up all of our concerns and all of our prayers to you this morning, God. And not only that, Lord, but we ask that all of those things that are heavy on our heart this morning as we are reminded that we are one body and that we do not have to suffer these things alone, Lord God, but in the midst of all of the suffering and in the midst of all of this pain, God, that there is still so much that we can be giving thanks for because you are active in our lives. God, we pray that your activity in our life be seen and be noticed. God, that our heart be softened enough to notice when you speak to us and to hear that and to notice your action in our lives so that we can give thanks in the spaces that you move, that we can be reminded that you are still active, that you have not forgotten about your people, and that you are active in all of these situations that we lift up to you this morning and also all of the spaces that we give thanks for this morning, God. God, we thank you for being a God that did not just create us and walk away, but a God that lives among us and in us. And may we be led this week to be your light, to speak light into dark situations, to be a light for our friends as they are suffering, as they have lost loved ones, to be a light to those who are sick themselves, Lord God. God, that our presence may resemble you and all that we do this week. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Lori Haas. I'm one of the pastors here at Church of the Palms. As you know, we've been doing a series on the chapel stained glass windows. And today we are at the penultimate stained glass window. These last three windows are all related to the theme of connecting. The vertical connection to God, which leads to the horizontal connection of neighbor, especially the stranger or outsider. Two weeks ago, before Student Sunday, we talked about the road to Emmaus and how Jesus, who was the stranger, actually met the travelers in their grief. They had cried out, like many of us, we had hoped things would be different. But here we are. We will be reminded again of how Jesus meets us right where we are, often in unexpected ways. You may recall this mini-series is called Groping for God, which is also an appropriate title for the sermon today. Our memory verse for August comes from Acts 17, verse 27. Grope for God and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. I'd like to invite Marissa to come up. And as she's making her way up here, uh, the chapel window today, I want you to see a picture of it because it literally depicts a woman groping for God. In the top part of the window, you will see an olive branch and a, um, a vase that is used for healing oil. These two, the jar and the olive branch, both symbolize healing. This particular story is found in all three synoptic gospels, but we're going to hear it today from the Gospel of Luke, the 8th chapter, verses 32 through 48. Hey, good morning. I'm Marissa Saba, and I'm in 10th grade at Sarasota High School. Hear now the word of God. As Jesus went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for the past 12 years. And though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhages stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. 
But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Martha. Let's pray. Open our hearts and minds, O God, to the word just read and the words to come that they might point to you the word made flesh, Jesus the Christ, and it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Long before GPS on our phone was a thing, we used to get lost a lot more. Sometimes a map would help, and sometimes you had to ask directions. As I'm sure you know, asking for directions is easier for some than for others. There's an old cartoon by Edgar Argo that shows a little boy asking his mom this deeply theological question. Mom, why did Moses wander in the desert for 40 years? And she replied, of course, because even back then, a man wouldn't stop and ask for directions. In my experience, with the men in my family, it seems as though this stereotype is true. According to psychcentral.com, some of the reasons given for men being less inclined to ask for directions include that they learn by doing. They want to win and to be seen as strong. They do not want to appear vulnerable. Some newer research actually showed that men were judged harshly when they asked for help. My husband shared with me another reason from a 2010 cartoon. There's a husband driving with his wife sitting next to him reading an article entitled, Study, Men Drive Extra 276 Miles Yearly. She asks her husband, why are men so reluctant to pull over for directions? He replies, we're used to getting them from our wives without having to ask. (laughs) Regardless of our gender, asking for help can be hard. I personally would rather figure it out myself and do it myself, partly, I suppose, so I will be seen as capable and competent. It's the American way to admire independence, strength, and self-sufficiency. It reminds me of a pillow we once got my mom, who happens to be an old, stubborn Norwegian. The downward scrawl of the letters say, really, I'm fine, and the image is of a cow flat on her back with her her legs straight up in the air. Is it just me and my lovely mother, or do you too struggle with asking for help when you need it? Actually, when I think about it, I even have trouble admitting to myself that I might need help. Well, God seemed to know that we might struggle with this issue because we have this illuminating story told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We just heard our scripture passage read and how there was a suffering woman who had the courage to reach out and grope for God. On the surface... This may not seem like a big deal, but given the ancient laws of the time, this was a very big deal. Because of her bleeding, she was ceremonially unclean. For the good of all, she must be kept far, far away from all the people. If you were to touch this woman or be touched by her, you couldn't go to God's temple for a week. It sounds like an adult version of having the cooties, but the consequences were serious. In fact, Scott Hosey writes that if it became known that she was putting the community at risk, she could be stoned to death. Can you imagine being this woman? We read in the text that she had spent all she had on physicians and no one could cure her, which meant... No one could touch her or hold her. She couldn't give or receive a hug or even hold hands with anyone. She was socially dead 
isolated and alone on the fringe of society. It reminds me of the story of Lily, who was born with a rare genetic disorder called Apert syndrome, which causes the skull bones to fuse prematurely. People with Apert syndrome can have distinctive malformations of the skull, face, hands, and feet. Lily's early years were filled with many medical procedures, and every time, every time she had a craniofacial surgery, she had seizures. In spite of her health issues, Lily was the happiest little kid you can imagine. From preschool to fourth grade, she did great. The other students didn't seem to notice how physically different she was. Her early childhood was a reflection of the natural compassion of the very young children. The kids accepted her just as she was. But once she hit middle school, everything changed. Looks and social status matter more. Lily was shunned by her classmates and couldn't find a way into the social circles. She was always on the fringe. Nobody directly teased or bullied Lily. They simply didn't include her. She was invisible to them, which felt as bad as being singled out and tormented. Lily was overwhelmed with loneliness. Have you ever felt like you don't belong? On the outside, looking in? Have you felt abandoned by communities or by friends? One would think that we could easily use our voice and ask for help, but it's not as simple as it seems. Former Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy tells a story about his early childhood in his book called Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World. In elementary school, Vivek would have a sinking feeling in his stomach every single day his parents dropped him off at school. He wasn't scared about exams or homework. He was worried about feeling alone, and he felt too ashamed to tell his parents. Confessing his loneliness was more than not having friends. It felt like admitting he was unlikable, or unworthy of being loved. So he kept the secret to himself. Like Lily and Vivek, the woman who was hemorrhaging for 12 years felt shamed by society and dreadfully alone. She teaches us a valuable lesson. In desperation, in hope, and with great vulnerability, she courageously reached out in faith. Her faith is such that she knows she doesn't even have to ask for healing. She only has to touch the fringe of Jesus' clothes. Jesus' response was surprising, though, wasn't it? Jesus asked, who touched me? Which, of course, seems like a silly question. The crowd was pressing in on them. All kinds of people were touching him. And why does it matter who touched him? Jesus has no shortage of power and doesn't need to be stingy or concerned with conservation. In her book, The Feminine Soul, Janet Davis writes, Jesus sensed some unfinished business. If bodily wholeness was his primary goal, well, then his work was done. Just as his earthly ministry was not primarily about physical healing, but instead about restored relationship with God, this moment, too, was all about restored relationship. So rather than a quick physical healing with a light touch and then disappearing into the crowd, the woman was challenged again, this time by Jesus' question. Would she stay silent and slip away? Or would she have the courage to be vulnerable a second time? The easy thing to do is to sneak out the back, to not be vulnerable, to not expose our weakness. Being vulnerable is hard, but oh, so worth it. Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, 
belonging, joy, and courage. We, we like control. God loves vulnerability. When the woman declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched Jesus and how she had been immediately healed, Jesus then used a term of endearment and infection and affection that gave her a new identity, an identity that restored her to the community, an identity that said she belonged. He called her daughter. This is the only woman in all of Scripture that Jesus calls daughter. And in all three synoptics, Jesus says this phrase, daughter, your faith has made you well. Of course, we know that the type of healing we receive doesn't always match our expectations. Sometimes healing manifests as a feeling of peace in spite of an ominous diagnosis. Sometimes healing looks like not letting fear have hold of your life. I recently read a short poem by Scott Stabile on fear that I found helpful. My fear whispered to me, I'm trying to protect you. I whispered back, I know, but I'm stronger than you think. Sometimes healing can look like acknowledgement from a friend. And though we cannot heal someone's pain by taking it away, a comforting presence recognizes the suffering and gives peace. As Parker Palmer wrote, the human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed exactly as it is. Acknowledgement is a powerful tool. It makes things better even when things can't be made right. I came across a lovely children's book that captures the essence of this idea. It's called The Shadow Elephant by Nadine Robert. The story unfolds, introducing the melancholy protagonist, a great blue elephant flat on his back. Some said the elephant was gloomy. Some said he was trying to hide his sadness. Some said he preferred the shadows. The other animals of the savanna tried to lift the elephant out of the gloom by telling him silly stories, by dancing silly dancing, and bringing them their favorite foods. Not a smile, not a sound. The elephant listened attentively but remained in the shadows. And then one day, one day a tiny mouse emerges and asks whether she can sit beside the elephant and rest a little. This small ask, this non-judgmental and non-anxious presence with the elephant's sadness becomes the portal of his transformation. The elephant is at first incredulous that this mouse isn't there to distract him with some gimmick. But then, then she begins to tell him a bit of her own story. Something about the mouse's plight, about the ease with which she shares her sorrow with him, unlatches something in the elephant, and he begins to cry, big, silent tears. Then she begins to cry by that exquisite, natural bond of creaturely sympathy that binds us when we cease to feel separate and alone in our sorrow. Slowly, Drained of his tears, the elephant rises large and light and hoists the mouse onto his back, offering to give her a ride home. Gently, without unease or demand, she invites him to tell her his own story. I can try, he exhales, as they vanish together behind the horizon of aloneness. Friends, who can you reach out to? Who is on the fringe longing to be noticed, to be included, to be sat with? If that person is you, can you begin by reaching out and groping for God? 
being vulnerable is a risk that we have to take if we want to experience connection and healing. Jesus is always open to our reach and promises to meet us right where we are in our lowest of lows and our highest of highs. May we have the courage to grope for God and find him, though indeed he's not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we are grateful that you are a God who is with us, that you are always within our reach, that you are always willing to be interrupted by any need that we have. We pray, O oh God, that you would open our eyes, that we might see those who need that healing touch, that you might use us to reach others with your love and your grace. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. stories of what they think you're like, but I heard tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleasing, that I'm never alone. You're good, good father, it's who you are. To you are, to you are, and I'm loved by you. To who I am, to who I am, to who I am. And I see me searching for answers far and wide. We're all searching for ends Only you provide Cause you know just what we need Before we say a word You're good, good father To you are, to you are, to you are I'm loved by you, to who I am Cause you're perfect in all of your ways You're perfect in all of your ways You're perfect in all of your ways To us yeah, You're perfect in all of your ways You're perfect in all of your ways Perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, love, so undeniable, I can hardly speak. Peace, so unexplainable, I can hardly think as you call deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into the love of your good father to you are to you are to you are I'm loved by you to I am to I am to end your good, good father, who you are, who you are, who you are, I'm not 
Friends, in hope and with courageous vulnerability, may we too reach out in faith. For we long to hear those words, Son, daughter, your faith has made you well. And now may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen.